afternoon. I'm John Paltrichio, Deputy Mayor for Planning and Economic Development, and want to welcome everyone to the uh, District Economic Recovery Team weekly check-in. Uh, this week we're talking about the creative economy, and I'm joined uh, by two uh, guests here in the studio. Angie Gates, the Director of the Office of Cable Television, Motion Picture, Film, and Entertainment. I think I got those all right. Mm -hmm. And Natalie Cofield, also from that office, who is our 202 Creates Director. Uh, so I want to go to Angie Gates first. She's going to tell us a little bit about uh, what her office does, 202 Creates, and of course the Mayor's Arts Awards. Uh, and speaking of awards, we've got some hardware with us uh, today in the studio. Uh, so Angie, you want to tell us what we have uh, here? Well, let me first introduce you to Emelina. <laughs> uh, we have Emelina joining us as well today, and we have uh, the actual Mayor's Arts Award here, uh, which is developed and designed by a local creative, uh, Michael Servant. So Deputy Mayor, thank you so much for allowing us to join you today, and uh, Natalie will be uh, chatting with us about 202 Create shortly. So we're excited. We're excited. Now, you've got to tell everybody why we have an Emmy Award here. <laughs> so, you know, I, I, I have to first brag uh, on the Office of Cable Television, Film, Music, and Entertainment uh, team. Uh, we strive every day to, like, do our best. But we just landed a second Emmy Award. We brought it home to Washington, D.C. Shout out to John Avery, lighting director. I should say Emmy Award-winning lighting director. Uh, John just won an Emmy this past weekend. Uh, we do original programming on our sh uh, network, District Knowledge Network, I Wish You Knew, and he won an Emmy. So uh, Emmy number two, so we're excited. We're, we're excited. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, we're excited. We have a lot of different things going on, uh, particularly at our agency. We have three uh, television networks. We have uh, District of Columbia Network, where we get to see the press every day from our wonderful mayor, Mayor Bowser. We also have DCC, which is our city council channel, so that keeps everyone up to date on some policy and legislative. And then DKN, our education network. So for distance learning, it was the perfect network to keep our students tied in with DC public, public schools. Uh, we made history a couple of years ago and launched DC Radio. We are the second city with a full-powered uh, municipality-ran radio station. Uh, and we, of course, hadn't stopped there. We have uh, 202 Creates initiatives, which we'll talk about today. And we also have the Creative Affairs Office that's going to be helping us with the Mayor's Arts Awards. So uh, just a few days ago, last week, we announced the Mayor's Arts Awards. So that's one of the things that I'm excited to talk about uh, today. Uh, this is the 35th annual Mayor's Arts Awards. Uh, and so we wasn't going to uh, stop because we couldn't meet in person. We're going to make history again. This will be the uh, first virtual Mayor's Arts Awards. It's going to be September 30th at 7 o'clock. Uh, and the main thing with the Mayor's Arts Awards is the highest honor that you can receive as an artist and a creative in the, in the district. Uh, you'll be able to tune in to Channel 16, DCN. You'll also be able to look at it on our YouTube channel as well as Facebook and at uh, entertainment.dc. Dot gov. Uh, our motto this year is we must stand together, 
work together and remain connected in our creative arts and cultural communities. We must continue to share hope and unite in resilience. Uh, and I think what's also very, very important here is that we are a resilient city and we have made it a point to continue to forge ahead. Uh, we will be joined with the Deputy Mayor of Planning and Economic Development as well as the Creative Affairs Office to produce this wonderful event. And we will be closing out 202 Creates Month. So September 30th, that's the finale, the, the finale, the perfect way to culminate uh, the, the month of September. A couple of things that I wanted to point out, last year was the first time in history that the people chose the winners for the Mayor's Arts Award. So we're gonna do that again this year. Uh, and we're taking it a step further. You will have an opportunity to nominate. Uh, the nominations kicked off on August 6th and the nomination period will last until August 27th. And I wanna kinda go through some of the categories that will be highlighting with the Mayor's Arts Awards. Uh, one of the categories is uh, the Award for Excellence in Visual Arts. The next category is Award for Excellence in Media Arts, Award for Excellence in Humanities, Award for Excellence in Performing Arts. We have the Larry Neal Writers Award, Award for Excellence in Creative Industries, Award for Excellence as a Community Arts Advocate. Emerging Creative Award, Award for Excellence in the Nightlife Economy, Award for Visionary Leadership, Award for Excellence in Arts Education, and Mayor Bowser has the opportunity to identify the award for Distinguished Leadership. So we'll have all of this information uh, at dcmayorsartsawards.com uh, with all the categories for you to find out more about it, but we're, we're really excited, we're Absolutely. excited. Absolutely, and I know that, uh, so again, people get to nominate first, yes. and then vote. So yes. tell us again that window so uh, the nominations began uh, on August 6th and they last until 5 p.m. on August 27th. And then we will start up with the voting round uh, that will go through September 14th. So uh, we will take the top three nominees of each category and the, the residents of the District of Columbia will have an opportunity to uh, point out and identify the winners uh, for, for, and we, d we did a couple of new categories last year, uh, which included the nightlife category. Shout out to uh, Director Townsend, who's been working very hard, um, but the nightlife is a very uh, prevalent creative economy component here in Washington, D.C., and the community arts advocate you know, uh, was another category that was new. So we're excited. We've already started receiving a lot of nominations, uh, but there's still time left. So we want the community to really get engaged and get involved uh, in this process. Absolutely. And uh, the awards and the accolades are obviously a very important part of celebrating the arts. Mm -hmm. uh, but the reason why we're talking about it today is because the arts are part of our economy. Mm -hmm. The creative economy really does uh, contribute to the overall economy of the district. And we know that uh, it is, uh, again, nice to have the awards. It's important and critical that we have uh, the arts as part of our creative economy. So uh, Natalie's gonna tell us a little bit about 202 Creates and why uh, we celebrate the arts throughout the month of September. Absolutely, first off, thank you so much, Deputy Mayor Valchecchio for inviting me and certainly hats off to a director, Angie Gate, for her 
Gates for her hard work with OCTFME. My name is Natalie Madeira Cofield, and I am the entrepreneur in resident and chief creative economy officer. As you just heard from Deputy Mayor Velchecchio, when we think of world class cities, we have to think of the creative economy and we have to think of the arts, the restaurants, the experiences, the nightlife, the culture. They all come through some form of visual performing creative art. And so, so much of what uh, Mayor Muriel Bowser uh, presents to 202 Creates is designed to do is to support, celebrate, promote, and encourage entrepreneurship education amongst the district's creative economy and creative entrepreneurs. It is critical for us to make sure that our creative entrepreneurs have the knowledge, the technical assistance, the know-how, the expertise, the platform, and the access that they need to continue to keep growing. And so we're super excited that since 2016, the initiative, again, which sits in the Office of Cable Television, Film, Music, and Entertainment, has been really helping to grow, expand, um, the district's thriving creative community and creative class. Um, so I'm happy to share a couple of things that we've been doing as it relates to supporting the entrepreneurial element of what it means to be a creative in the district. Uh, 202 Creates recently uh, announced our virtual office hour series where we're helping creative entrepreneurs connect with accountants, with lawyers, and with business leaders to help them understand the business behind their creative uh, their creative expressions. Uh, we also have master classes that we produce, which are really designed to help bring thought leaders and industry experts to, to the table to talk about how they're navigating, how they're pivoting, how they're enduring during this moment uh, and before this moment, so that so many of our creatives can be prepared for the present and the future. And then the last thing that we do is that we have a biannual cohort modeled entrepreneurship program, which is our our creative entrepreneurship residency program, which lasts for about three months, bringing creative entrepreneurs together, giving them a sense of community, but most importantly, giving them the step-by-step -step tools and resources that they need to expand and take their creative ventures to the next level. So we're super excited to be able to continue to keep producing programs like this, despite the circumstances, and we believe that right now has presented a great opportunity for us to keep getting the job done, the work done, and to keep supporting our creative entrepreneurs. And uh, Natalie, I said the shorthand title for you, the 202 <laughs> Creates Director, but Chief Creative Economy Officer is so critically important because it is a part of our economy and it keeps us thriving uh, as well as a city. Absolutely. And so uh, uh, I want to turn back to Director Gates, who's going to bring in two more guests uh, for us, and uh, I noticed that your mask, you have a DC Hope. Yes. Uh, Mayor Bowser established <laughs> DC Hope as uh, our response for the reopen committee, uh, and it stands for uh, Health, Opportunity, uh, Prosperity, and Equity. And so we'll talk a little bit more about that with our guests, uh, but Director Gates is going to introduce them. Definitely, and uh, one of the things I also wanted to mention is uh, how we highlight our creatives. The shirt that Natalie is wearing uh, <laughs> was created by one of our local creatives, uh, Deanna Dorsey, Absolutely. and uh, the shirt that I'm wearing is by Andre uh, on ST. So uh, we make it a point to do the investment, even with you know what we're showcasing today. Uh, I'm excited about our uh, community leaders that we have joining us today. I'm going to be introducing Marvin Coles uh, as well as Ian Cow. 
Callender. Uh, Ian Callender is DC homegrown, uh, born and raised in Washington, DC. Ian is the owner of Sweet Nation. Uh, Sweet Nation is a CBE certified event design firm here in Washington, DC. He works closely with director Sean Townsend, uh, who I just mentioned with Nightlife and Culture, uh, on the Commission on Nightlife and Culture. Ian was the inaugural recipient of the 2019 Mayor's Arts Award for Excellent in the Creative Industries. And he has the best sneaker collection in the game in Washington, <laughs> D.C. Uh, Ian's been collecting sneakers for quite a while, so I'm going to have to see what you got, Ian. Uh, <laughs> Maybe you could get, have something a uh, size 9 or 10 that'll work for me. <laughs> um, also joining us today is uh, Marvin Coles. Marvin Coles is the president and CEO of the Coles Group. Uh, the Coles Group is also a CBE company here in the District of Columbia that specializes in training, staffing, consulting, and office supplies. Uh, the company's motto is focused on finding the solution to the needs of their clients. Marvin's career spans over 20 years, uh, and I'm proud to say that Marvin has hired over 400 people. So uh, that, that's, that's to be commended, Marvin. Uh, he's also currently pursuing an advanced uh, degree in business studies at Harvard Business School, and I see the banner in the back. <laughs> Uh, Marvin also has a passion for the arts uh, and funny funny story uh, when Marvin and I first met uh, I, I, you know I always have I don't believe in good I believe in great and um, when we first met that's one of the things that he talked about uh, is customer service and making sure that he delivers on what's great so I'm so excited that they'll be joining us today hi guys hey how's it going Awesome, Great. awesome. How are you? Good, good. So one of the things that I, I mentioned was uh, CBE, and everyone may not know exactly what a CB is, CBE is. What, what am I referring to? Uh, so if uh, you can each take that question and uh, talk about uh, being a CBE-based business here in Washington, D.C., and uh, how you've been able to uh, get that status, some of the steps that you had to take. Uh, and uh, we've heard of the Green Book uh, that we often talk about here in the District of yeah. Columbia. Uh, so can I have you all share uh, your comments about being a CBE here in Washington, D.C.? Sure, I'll let you start here. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, being a, um, uh, a creative and really just working with a lot of uh, corporate sponsors and companies, um, I realized that that shouldn't be the only uh, source of income or, or revenue for my business. Um, so when I learned about the CBE program and how it really aligns uh, your specific business entity with the city government, um, I, I started to, to research more, um, and then I actually uh, aligned with another CV, um, uh, Liz Codigan, uh, who specializes in, in, in helping and advising uh, businesses to become CV certified. Um, she uh, did a phenomenal job of, of walking me through the importance of it, um, itemizing the Green Book, uh, which is a great resource and tool. Um, and then really just providing me with the steps to um, become certified. And, and since I have been certified, I've uh, seen an amazing uptick in, in events, uh, programming for different agencies, uh, Commission on the Arts and Humanities, and Department of Public Works, and, and many others. 
um, all within the same subset of, 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 of the event industry that I've been in for over 15 years. So it's been very uh, fruitful, and I'm, I'm very grateful. Awesome, awesome. Well, this is, uh, my name is Marvin Coles, as you mentioned. Uh, first of all, thank you for having both Ian and myself. Uh, I'm honored to be here, and more important, to be a part of an Emmy-winning team. Um, yeah. uh, uh, we're excited about that, so we really appreciate you allowing us to just tell you a little bit about our businesses and discuss the CBE program. Um, as you mentioned, uh, I'm the CEO of the Coles Group, where we provide uh, temporary staffing services, uh, workforce development training, CPR training, uh, office supplies, and a lot of business consulting uh, to many D.C. agencies. We've probably worked with, uh, at minimum, at least uh, 30 agencies in less than five years. Uh, we had a, a rapid growth and success, and I think it came from really, and what I like to tell new businesses and those that are looking at becoming new businesses in the district is to take advantage of the opportunities that the district provides. Uh, district government is unlike any other, where we have DSLBD. They have uh, free training courses on, you know, uh, when you want to start a business, from the financial aspect to the marketing aspect to once you get your CBE, which is a small business set aside that stands for a certified business enterprise. It's a small certified business, meaning that you uh, met the requirements to do business with the district government. But even once you get that, some people are kind of a little confused and say, hey, what now? What do I do? They also have a class that's called uh, uh, I'm a CBE, now what? So it walks you through the process of those fears that you have where you're able to share with other CBEs your experiences. You get to network and learn a lot about not only selling your services, but also partnering opportunities, just like we're doing today, Ian, myself, yeah. and meeting others on this call. So uh, that's an awesome thing that it's done. But uh, but since that time, at uh, probably two months later, uh, we started a second company, which is uh, Carson Cole's Cleaning Company. And I, I started a cleaning company because uh, uh, one of my fraternity brothers and I thought it would be fun and easy. Uh, but we were very surprised from day one, but it's not an easy thing. So we had to learn to perfect that. But the beauty of being a CBE and also starting your own business is that customers will always say, uh, well, do you do this or do you do that also? So meaning we went from just doing commercial cleaning to now doing full-out general construction. So not just with district government, but also with the federal government as well as the commercial marketplace. So uh, in this age of COVID, when you have a lot of small businesses are trying to figure out how do I do business in this new age and, 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 and you know, where people are remote and things of that sort. What is it that I can do to keep my business thriving? Uh, fortunately, again, on the staffing side, I think of a Coles group as white collar, Carson Coles, cleaning and construction, blue collar. But on both sides, right now during COVID, uh, for Department of General Services, we're doing all the COVID cleaning for uh, – D.C. police departments, the fire stations, uh, the senior homes, and things of that sort. The Department of Human Services, we just hired almost 40 people this year during COVID who are actually doing the operations for the um, uh, the homeless population that are being housed throughout the um, hotels throughout the district. 
Uh, so we call it the vulnerable population, making sure people stay safe. So we have a huge team there, a huge team on the Carson Cole side. And we've been for the past, this is our fourth consecutive year, where we partner with OCT SME, where we're the actual talent payment vendor uh, for all the talent that's with uh, 202 Creates, as well as the Mayor's Arts Awards. So uh, we've been uh, very pleased with our partnership. Uh, we love working for the agency. That relationship, this is important for the small businesses, that relationship started from us just doing small work because people buy from people and customers want service. So that started from us just doing small things such as buying, maybe they ordered off the supplies and they liked our service and they liked our turnaround. Maybe we placed an order for some cables. Uh, small orders led to building relationships, which build, then built to confidence in working with the agency, which now we've become the payment provider. And we paid hundreds, if not thousands, of artists over the past um, four years on behalf of the agency. And our partnership stays strong as of today as well. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, so, Marvin, it looks like you have your playbook up on your wall there. Uh, so if we look close. I have it. You, oh, you don't see half of it. There's, it's all over the place. But I was going to say, so you've obviously weathered the pandemic. You talked about actually even uh, thriving a bit in hiring more people. Uh, what advice do you have for businesses as they face the pandemic? Uh, uh, a couple things. Um, as they face the pandemic, just think outside the box. Again, we may say uh, some businesses also uh, focus too much on a streamlined approach. And let's just say staffing, for instance. I say that I'm a staffing company, but hey, no one's staffing in the District of Columbia. Everybody's working from home. What business needs to look at is that pick out something that may be your expertise. So a an aspect of that staffing may be uh, healthcare. Let's say it's hospitality. Uh, it can be nursing. For instance, there's nurses needed everywhere. So do your research, take a couple of courses, become that expert in, in a field that is needed as of today. Uh, one thing in coming out of this epidemic as well is going to, I must say, probably including myself, there's going to be a lot of us that need counseling services. You know, who's thinking outside the box to say, hey, now I can actually partner and, and bring on, you know, counselors on board and I become you know, working with Department of Behavioral Health or Department of Health and mental health services and uh, peer services, uh, things of that sort. So I think small businesses just need to think outside the box, not just for the remaining six months, but now for, you know, throughout 2021 and beyond. Um, there's opportunity everywhere. And then just because you're a CBE does not mean that all of your efforts should be spent right here with D.C. government. The district is an international market. You have the entire world here at your hands, not the, just the federal government. You have commercial. Any road you drive, you see buildings go up. Everything is needed. So I just think that uh, entrepreneurs should think a little bit more outside the box and use your resources. People like myself and Ian are here to mentor, to assist, uh, you know, to partner so I think people need to step out of their comfort zones and just tap into those that have done it already uh, to learn how to do it without creating the same mistakes again. Yeah, absolutely. We talk a lot about it as it being uh, the pivot. So what's going to be your pivot 
uh, during the pandemic? Um, and how will you uh, deliver a good or service that's needed at this time, at this moment? And that's, I think, what you described is how you've approached it too. And so, Ian, how have you approached the pandemic and uh, how you would uh, weather it uh, as well? Well, I think for us, it, it was very challenging. Um, you know, we uh, mounted a few um, cultural art spaces uh, over the over the years, you know, starting from, you know, 2010 on 14th Street Northwest, um, you know, when no one really was going to that part of town and 2013 in Southwest Waterfront with Culture House and 2015 on 8th Street. So all these neighborhoods that we've gone into, we practically looked at revitalizing or, or repurposing these vacant dilapidated spaces um, um, for, for community use. So since the uh, pandemic, uh, you know, came around, we were actually um, going into our, our, you know, full second year of, of activating Sandlot Southwest which we uh, launched uh, right at the foot of Audi Field and Buzzer Point. It was just a dirt lot, and we converted it into a cultural art space, you know, 5,000 square feet open air. And, you know, March, you know, 14th practically um, ended our, our run there. Um, so, the, you know, the way that we pivoted is that we um, kind of engaged with our developer partners. All the spaces that we've activated have been with, um, building owners, landlords, and, and developers. And while working with them, they were um, creating a new uh, residential development at Capital Riverfront uh, called the Marin. Um, so we were able to uh, negotiate terms, and now we have a new home uh, at Sandlot Southeast, uh, 71 nice. Potomac Avenue, right at the foot of uh, Nat Stadium. Uh, and we'll be there for three years until the brand-new Frederick Douglass Memorial Bridge is completed, uh, and the old bridge is demolished. So um, just working in tandem with our development partners and really understanding that strategy and community can go hand in hand, um, and especially now with, with COVID being um, uh, active and alive, the fact that we kind of were ahead uh, with our business model of creating an outdoor space, um, that's something that will probably you know thrive in, in the years to come. Ian, you have some experience uh, with the awards that we have on the table here. Uh, you're a recipient of the <laughs> Mayor's Arts Award uh, for Creative Industries. Oh, wow. Oh, oh you've nice. got yours there, too? Yeah, nice. I love it. I keep it close to me. Careful, it has sharp edges. No social uh, distancing. <laughs> but uh, tell us about uh, when you won the award, just kind of just being in that room and being with uh, so many different creatives. I know it'll be a different feel uh, this year, uh, but still celebrating what it means to the creative economy. Well, I think for me, I, I was um, I was overwhelmed. Um, you know, I've I've done this for a very long time, um, as far as you know, just creating, you know, beautifying my, my city um, and to be recognized on this level um, was was unexpected. Um, but I, I did feel accomplished uh, to, to receive it. You know, I don't often ask for much. Um, so to be recognized at the highest level um, of our city um, was, was fulfilling. And I think uh, where, where it, it took me to a, a whole nother you know, atmosphere was, was having my parents there, you know, my mom, my dad, they don't often, you know, mobilize into the city anymore. You know, my mom, you know, is from Guyana, both my parents are from Guyana and 
you know, my mom landed here in D.C., gave birth to little old me at Howard University. So, you know, I try to keep her involved in all of my activities and, and you know, just to see the, the smile on her face and, and my dad as well made a, a, a huge impact for me. Um, but I think what it also fueled is, is that I'm doing the right thing and I'm charging forward in a lane that um, a lot of folks probably didn't even realize it was a lane, um, but that really just gave me the energy and the, um, the, the influence to continue moving forward um, and, and engaging in other communities in our city as well. Absolutely. And Natalie, why don't you tell us a little bit too about what we have in store for 202 Creates? Because the Arts Awards is the culmination of the month. What else do we have in store for 202 Creates? Absolutely. Thank you for that, Deputy Mayor Rochecchio. So we are super excited, and this conversation is so timely. Um, I just want to thank you both for sharing your entrepreneurial journey with us. A lot of what we're going to be doing during 202 Creates Month this year is really focused on um, bringing conversations around entrepreneurship in the creative space. Uh, we kick off on September 2nd with an opening performance featuring local DC artists, national DC artists. Um, and then we move from that into a podcaster's lab, which really focuses on how do we teach more people about how to take their, their, their thriving thoughts, their uh, creative components, and to socialize them, and most importantly, to be able to monetize them through podcasting, um, which is a primary focus that 202 Creates has had for the, for the last few years. And so that's important to us, and we have some industry leaders who will be joining us to share their uh, knowledge and their wisdom with those who join us for that. Then we move from there to master classes where we are going to be talking about the future of music and about the future of production. Um, what does that look like in a COVID and post-COVID environment with, again, industry leaders who have experience in this space and who themselves are also navigating it while working with very large organizations to do so, which is important for smaller entrepreneurs who are gonna be working with them, right? Uh, what does it mean for you to prepare yourself to, as uh, was mentioned, uh, continue to keep doing business with the large businesses uh, and being at the forefront of those conversations is critical and then at the end we culminate the month uh, for us on the 202 Create side with a featured fireside conversation around the creative economy and innovation and what it means to a world-class city such as the District of Columbia which is so important um, and so we are super excited about this month and as you've heard it ends with the Mayor's Arts Award Awards. I couldn't think of a better time for that to happen. Um, the entire office is excited about what is going to be happening in September. If you'd like to learn more about the 202 Creates programming for 202 Creates Month, you can visit us online at www.202creates.com. Absolutely. And uh, Ian and Marvin, stick with us because we're going to go to the phone lines now uh, to take a few questions. Um, and so we have uh, Monique. Uh, Monique, you're up first. Can you hear us? Hello. Good afternoon, everybody. Good afternoon. Um, I just wanted to know, how is the city investing in the creatives during these times? Absolutely. That's a great question. Um, there are a few ways. Um, one of the things that Marvin actually mentioned earlier when he was chatting was your mental health is, is key. Uh, your mental health is, is very important. So one of the th uh, we, things... We can't really hear. Oh, I'm sorry. Can you hear? So, okay, one of the things that um, I wanted to point out, um, 
Marvin had mentioned mental health and the uh, stability of mental health. So I wanted to make sure that everyone is aware of Care for Creatives. Uh, that's a, a partnership that we've done with the Creative Affairs Office in George Washington University. And it's pay what you can, uh, mental health, uh, telehealth support. Uh, all of the HIPAA rights are followed. Um, and you can just easily get involved by uh, emailing CCSC foggybottom at gw.edu. And if it's a penny, that's, that's what your session will cost. If you can't pay for it, it's, it's free. So care, care for the creatives is like very uh, important. We also have business over brand uh, that's been uh, highlighted throughout the month about how you get your business started as creative. So as creatives, quite often, you are focused on the creative aspect of your content, but uh, setting up a EIN number is important. Making sure that you're getting your finances and your accounting in place is very important. So we have a business over brand series. I know uh, there were micro grants uh, that was provided <coughs> by DEMPED uh, that was very important from a financial perspective. So there are several ways that we are uh, engaging the creatives uh, here in Washington, D.C. in all eight wards. All right, let's go to the next question. Danya. Hi, everyone. Um, I'm a native Washingtonian, and I, I grew up going to venues like the 930 Club, Blue Valley, um, you know, et cetera. So our local small entertainment venues are struggling, and, and how are you helping them stay open, and what will we do if they have to close for good? Well, the goal is not for them to close for good. That's definitely not uh, what we are looking to do. Uh, one of the recent uh, legislations that passed was called the PAPA Amendment Act. Uh, that's the Performing Arts uh, Promotion Amendment Tax Rebate Opportunity. And so for some of the small venues that are uh, 300 and less, uh, they qualify if they do 48 hours a month of entertainment, live entertainment. Normally, you would have to do this over a 12-month period. Uh, the good news is uh, the council passed uh, with the support of Mayor Bowser that this tax rebate will be applicable for five months. And these small venues can get up to $15,000 uh, back on a property tax rebate. So we're excited about that for the small venues as well. But the Wonderful. goal, the Thank goal you. I mean, and if there's something uh, specific that's needed, uh, you can always contact our office and reach out to us directly because, uh, you know, everything is not cookie cutter. So our, our goal is to make sure that we make the necessary uh, changes or adjustments so that we're helping everyone. Thanks, Director. Uh, Janelle's, Thank you. Janelle's up next. Janelle, can you hear us? Hi there. Um, Thank you so much for taking my call today. I was curious about the deadline for the Mayor's Arts Awards nomination and what's the criteria for me to nominate myself or someone else for the Mayor's Arts Awards? Thank you for that question. So the nomination period will end on August 27th at 5 p.m. So if you visit uh, DC Mayor's Arts Awards, Dot com. 
uh, you will be able to get a list of uh, all the 12 categories that are listed. The specific descriptions on 11 of those categories outline uh, the nomination procedures, uh, the qualifications for each category. Several of the categories uh, start at age 14 and up. The creatives start very young here in Washington, D.C. Uh, but uh, if you visit the website, it will provide a description for, for each category. Uh, and good luck. Good luck. All right, Ian. Thank you. Ian, you got to tell us how, what was your campaign like when you were nominated? I don't think I had one. <laughs> you know, I, I think uh, you just, you, your, your work kind of, you know, just, just shows that, it, it, you know, it, it exudes your, your capacity. Um, and then, you know, when I was notified that I kind of, you know, was in the running, I, I was just, I was just floored, you know, so. Um, but I think I, I have a, a good amount of friends that I had actually nominated last year that I'm probably going to nominate again this year. Yeah, one of the things that I'm always uh, curious about, uh, quite often uh, in this business, we talk about credentials and uh, business steps and things of that nature. But uh, based on the fact that we're all like facing different challenges, like your core character really also makes a huge difference in how you survive and get through the goods and bad with your businesses and just with life in general. I would love to hear uh, each of you just share with us what are some core character traits that you have that has, have allowed you to survive when business is not coming in, when you didn't think you could get your business off the ground, and just you know dealing with day-to-day -day life. What are, what are three core character traits? Sure. Um, I'll start. Uh, I always remind myself for years that people buy from people. And, and, and that just goes right into just being, you know, complete honest, being reliable. Uh, the basics that we grew up with, that we're supposed to grow up with, follow up, um, and just being supportive. Uh, whether it's you do those same things at home with your family, you do those same things with your clients, but I always think when I'm dealing with my clients that they should feel like they're my only client. As long as they feel that they can reach me or my team members at any time, we're responsive and our work is exceptional, uh, that has carried us through the day. And I tell people, keep it, to the, keep it simple. You know, do good business. Do honest business. Uh, and people buy from people, and things will grow from there. Yeah, and, and to echo that, um, you know, I, I probably will, you know, for me it's, it's a three-point system or, or three tiers. It's, it's authenticity, uh, geniality, and, and community. You know, that's where we've kind of been for the past 15 years, and there isn't a moment where we shifted from that. Um, you know, and documentation is another component of, of business that is critical. Um, you know, whether it's email or text or print, publication, you know, video, photo, um, you know, like, like, you know, Mark Barnes is one of my, you know, mentors in the industry, you know, from all of the nightlife establishments that he's had. And the way that he's just documented his life since, you know, he was young. Um, and, and that to me is, is, is inspiring to be able to look back 
30 years ago and see how you've started your business. Um, so those are things that, uh, you know, can definitely characterize your catalog without having you to, to step outside of yourself. So uh, I'd really just focus on, on those core uh, components. Absolutely. Well, next time you see Mark, make sure you tell him that I'm always worried about him because he's so shy. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> uh, but one of the characteristics we always talk about, too, in the office is about integrity and being able to tell people what you could do for them. And then if you can't deliver to make sure you are clear why you couldn't and that people will right. respond to that. Um, and that's one of the things I think that uh, you all have exhibited throughout your careers and in the time that we've uh, spent uh, working with you as uh, the entrepreneurs that you are. Uh, so that's critically important. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, communication is, is, is key. Communication is, 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 I can't stress it enough. You know, I mean, if you're uh, a good person, then, then it'll show. You know, if you're not a good person, I guarantee you it'll show. So, um, yep. you know, just, just do right. Definitely. Fantastic. Um, one of the questions that I wanted to actually uh, pose to uh, Natalie, uh, we've talked about a lot of the established businesses here with Ian and Marvin. Uh, with the residency program with 202 Creates, that's a long-term training opportunity uh, and and I know how you feel about the cultural spaces and you know having space to work and create here in Washington DC but let's talk about uh, the 202 creates residency and how the government has partnered uh, on the opportunity of working hand-in-hand -hand with the 202 creatives like they have a seat at the table right next to the government employees working each and every day when we were together and now we're doing it virtually so let's talk about that Absolutely, Director. So um, 202 Creates Residency Program is, again, really designed to be a three-month entrepreneurship intensive for creatives. For those who, again, are artists in whatever realm of artistry you're in that may not necessarily see themselves as business people, the goal of this residency is also to encourage them to infuse business practices into their creative art. Um, it's also to help those who are already working in the entrepreneurial space see themselves as creative entrepreneurs to be able to take their businesses to the next level. So things that we cover during uh, the residency program include legal considerations for your creative enterprise, finance and accounting for your creative enterprise, presenting for investors. It's not just about presenting for VC funding. It's also about presenting to your investor, which could be a customer, uh, a client, someone. How do you present your business to them? And it really kind of runs through the gambit of the operationalizing of business around the creative art of our creative entrepreneurs. And so the residency program is designed for those who are uh, thinking of creating their business and are looking for the skills and tools needed to take themselves to the next level, or those who are already in business and have established companies that are really looking to um, hone their business acumen through this three-month residency program that culminates itself with a graduation ceremony and a certificate of awarding from the director and from the office. Um, and so we encourage you all, again, to go to 202creates.com to learn more about the 202 Creates residency program, which happens every year in the fall and in the spring, um, to see if there's an opportunity for you to join us. I will say, under the director's leadership, we are very proud to have been able to pivot 
during COVID, a program that was designed to be in person, pivoted uh, seamlessly during COVID and still continue to graduate our residents through that program. And we know that we'll still be doing the program online, but we won't let not being able to convene in person during circumstan certain circumstances keep us from providing the resources that our creative entrepreneurs need. And that's something that we're very thankful to the office about. Thank you, Natalie. Uh, so uh, as the director of Office Cable Television, Film, Music, and Entertainment, it was no way I could have this opportunity to come to the DIRT weekly check-in and not showcase a video. <laughs> uh, so I would like to uh, take a moment and uh, showcase the promotion video for the Mayor's Arts Award that we have coming up. Get ready, D.C., for the 35th Annual Mayor's Arts Award in 2019. D.C. creatives celebrated some of the best in the arts industry. I believe art makes the world go round. This year, D.C.'s most anticipated award show is going virtual, and it's brought to you by the boss who created art seen around the world. Mir Miro Bowser presents the event that honors those whose hard work and dedication move the city's creative economy. The 35th Annual Mayor's Arts Awards. Join us in celebrating all the people and industries that make D.C. the District of Creativity. I like it. I'm excited about the Mayor's Arts Awards. Ready to go. Uh, ready to get on the site in order to make sure we nominate folks and then voting will uh, start at the end of the month. So we'll yes. make sure we keep highlighting that all month long. Uh, so we're going to close out soon, but uh, Ian and Marvin, uh, just wanted to thank you for being part of this uh, conversation. Wanted to see if there was a parting thought that you have, maybe a piece of advice for folks uh, as they kind of weather uh, the pandemic. Oh, wait, Marvin. Oh, sorry. Yeah, this is Marvin. Um, yeah, my advice is uh, hang in there and this too shall pass. Uh, just uh, as, as we're going through this, just continue uh, studying, uh, enhancing your business knowledge. This is a great time to just kind of learn, regroup, so we can strategize. A uh, new fiscal year starts October 1 for the government. Calendar year starts January 1. I say we jump in there, use your resources. Um, we're here to assist. Uh, we're here to partner and help anyone as we can. Thank you. And Marvin, before uh, Ian, where can folks find you on social media? I'm sorry, what was that? Uh, where can folks find you on social media if they want to reach out to you? Sure, sure. They can find me at LinkedIn under uh, my name, uh, Marvin Coles, C-O-L-E-S, or uh, the Coles Group uh, under... What's that? Uh, Facebook, all that good stuff. The Coles Group, T-H-E-C-O-L-E-S-G-R-O-U-P. Thank well, you. Ian's clearly a lot uh, uh, younger and tech savvy because he knows social media, so he's <laughs> going to give us his handles when he closes it out. Uh, but uh, Ian? Um, you know, I, I, I guess my closing thought would be, um, you know, really to um, think outside the box. You know, um, but not just from uh, a business perspective, but from an agency perspective. Um, you know, I've often uh, challenged um, Director Townsend and, and Director Gates even just to um, find different ways for us to um, activate these abandoned and vacant buildings, you know, and not just in Ward 6 or, or Ward 2, um, but really looking um, in the Ward 7 and Ward 8 because, you know, I, I feel like those are the areas that need it the most, 
you know, when we watched the Nicholson Project in Fairlawn and in, in Ward 7, um, we literally just took a, a, a row home that sat on 9,000 square feet and turned into an artist residency on 2,800 square feet in an urban farm in a food desert. Um, and it didn't require um, a lot of, you know, um, uh, multi-agency interaction or engagement, but it did require a lot of uh, resources and funding. Um, but what you've seen in that neighborhood is, is a shift. You know, art is definitely a, a catalyst for change. So um, looking at the climate of our city right now, and it's a rough one, but, you know, I think if we just think differently um, and, you know, the solutions will, will start to shift and, and now we can, you know, realize that um, these solutions are tangible and it's not, um, you know, far-fetched. So my social media is, uh, you know, E and I can. Uh, it's I-A-N-E-Y-E-C-A-N. Uh, you can find me on all the social media platforms. Um, you know, I live in Southwest, so I'm always around the way. So feel free to pull up. <laughs> pull up on me. <laughs> Absolutely. And Natalie, one more time, 202 Creates, where can folks find it? Absolutely. 202creates.com. You can also visit the uh, Office of Cable Television, Film, Music, and Entertainment's main website to learn more about 202 Creates as well as other initiatives. Thank you. So this has been really exciting. Uh, once again, our, uh, we have a, probably the longest acronym in government, um, <laughs> but uh, M being uh, music is one of them. So uh, I always say music is the universal language. Uh, we've spent a lot of time. I'm sure everybody has a quarantine playlist <laughs> uh, at this point. Uh, but to get a sneak peek of the type of music that you're going to hear at the Mayor's Arts Awards, uh, I want to turn it over and close us out with the wonderful sounds of Herb Scott, who is a DC uh, creative here, a wonderful musician. So Herb, show them how we do it in the 202. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you. 